Ah, yes, here we go. Go ahead and close that one out. Here we go. To a Tuesday, which we'll get to that in just a minute. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Back in the home studio. Temporarily, but back in it as we go. Now then. During COVID, you were all, we were all told to follow the science. And then just to make that easy for us to figure out who we should be listening to, to follow the science, Dr. Anthony Fauci got out there and he stepped up on his box of, uh, of, of telephone books and said, I am the science. But what science were they following? Masks that were previously deemed ineffective during viral respiratory infection outbreaks until COVID suddenly did an about-face, and everybody had to wear the face diaper. Were they making up the mask science? What changed? It wasn't the particle sizes. The British Medical Journal recently published a, a systematic review concluding real-world effectiveness of child mask mandates against SARS-CoV-2 transmission or infection has not been demonstrated with high-quality evidence. The current body of scientific data does not support masking children for protection against COVID-19. <gasps> That's some science! A Norwegian paper <laughs> reported a 33 to 40% higher incidence of self-reported covid in those wearing masks often or always. So COVID science said mask up when the actual science said no benefit or even harm from masking. And that's because, well, it was just to see if you'd do it. Then there was the safe and effective vaccine science. First of all, a vaccine actually stops you from having something. It doesn't decrease it. It doesn't uh, slow it down. It just, it keeps it from happening. And uh, a BJ uh, or a BMJ study found a gradual increase in the risk of COVID-19 infection from 90 days after receiving a second dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. But the science said less COVID after getting vaccinated, not more. Then Cleveland Cl Clinic came and confirmed that, discovered a higher incidence of COVID infection among their employees, which correlated with more vaccine doses. So, all of that masking thing and vaccining thing and distancing thing about the medical science, was it about the medical science or the political science? Then, then we pivot to climate change, formerly known as global warming. Now, no scientist worth his salt and his lab coat is going to get out there and tell you that the climate is not changing. We have, we, we have changed forever since the day this rock began to shape. There have been numerous ice ages, large and small. The disagreement is over what is causing this change. So if human activity like cars and airplanes and gas stoves and backyard barbecues and John Kerry's butt uh, if they, these are the culprit, then it stands to reason that before the last century, when those technologies did not exist, that the climate would just have been static. 500 years ago, nobody was driving or flying or using plastic bags or gas stoves, and John Kerry had not been born yet. Electric vehicles were not a thing yet. The only vehicle was a horse, maybe pulling a carriage. 
There was even less CO2 activity 5,000 years ago or 5 million years ago, yet the climate was changing back then. How does science explain that? Or are they making this up as they go? And if they are making it, up, making it up as they go, why would they think they can make it up as they go and you're just going to go, oh my God! Why would they think that? Planet Earth has experienced ice ages, which is always followed by warming. Duh. I mean, once the, once the ice thaws, it thaws normally due to warming. Uh, all occurring before we existed. Now, the NOAA explains the most recent glacial period occurred between 120,000 and 11,500 years ago. That's a pretty big, uh, big window there, NOAA. But in terms of Earth's age, that's still far less than the blink of an eye. It's 0.0003% of Earth's 4.5 billion year history. So you got to have a little perspective when you start talking about this stuff. Making dramatic pronouncements based on a few dozen years' measurements is not exactly scientific. On a text line, somebody's saying, they were using wood-fired pizza ovens back then. That's probably it. Now, real climate science acknowledges climate cycles long before humans roamed the earth. <laughs> the Climate for You website explains clearly, from time to time, the planet has been affected by millions of years with relatively cold climate, each such period leading to a long succession of glacial and interglacial periods. During the last couple of millions of years, planet Earth has been in such a cold state. Last until now, Ice Age ended around 11,600 years ago. And we're for the time living in a so-called interglacial period until the next Ice Age will begin sometime into the future. And how about those climate calamity predictions? Have any of them come true? Now, in just a few years, the Earth is going to be uninhabitable, according to them. They're right now predicting the doomsday apocalypse scenario. And it's less than a decade away. And so far, none of the other things they have said have come to pass. And this is not the first time we've had the doomsdays uh, predicted for us based on climate. And you can see what the climate is doing, or you can see what they, what they, what the so-called scientists are claiming. Ten years ago, the New York Times published an op-ed, "The End of Snow," and the conclusion was you don't have to be a skier to feel nostalgia for those whitewashed days or to see the writing on the wall. Well, the wall is covered up in snow in some places. Last weekend, the writing on the wall was snow and lots of it. The men's World Cup downhill race in Beaver Creek, Colorado, that was scheduled to be held on Saturday, had been canceled due to wind and heavy snowfall. <laughs> A winter sport canceled due to heaviness snowfall. So much for the end of snow. Quite the opposite, too much snow. Now they're making up the end of uh, you know show protections. Tropical Hawaii also had snow. Nearly half a foot of snow fell on the Mauna Kea Weather center on Hawaii Island throughout the day on Thursday. Snow is not unusual on Hawaii's peaks, but what happens at the end of snow? The European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecast weighs in with their prediction. More snowfall than usual across much of the Central Plains, Northern Plains, the Southern United States, and the Upper Midwest. Uh, end of snow. Yeah. And last week, 
There's a lot of snow in Munich, which is not a new thing. I mean, I, I've been stationed over there in the 80s, and there was a lot of snow then. But we get this. In an ironic turn of events, a fleet of private jets reportedly bound for a major global warming conference in Dubai was apparently seen immobilized on a runway in Munich as Europe was battered by heavy snowfall. In 2010, a global warming conference was canceled due to a blizzard in Washington, D.C. This is what happens when science is politicized. There's no, you know, you can't mess with Mother Nature. She has a not-so-subtle way of setting the record straight, like snowing on a global warming conference. The real agenda here is government spending your money and increasing centralized power in an effort, they say, to stop Mother Nature and the planetary forces. But, you know, Al Gore, Bill Gates, King Charles, Greta Thunberg, you know, they're just spitting in the wind. So whether it's COVID or climate change, those who subvert science for nefarious purpose, making things up as they go along, end up with egg on their faces. You can't control the weather, you idiots. Sorry, that's just science. I know that you claim to have the, 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 you know, the, the monopoly on science, but you don't get that. When we get back, um, there's something that is happening now in the United States that I don't know how much all of these jihadists that are probably on the interior are going to like very much, but it appears that a lot of Jewish people are starting to arm themselves. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. There are some things that are uh, valid in the world, and there are some things that are not valid here. They're just not true. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Following the October 7th attacks, one of the things that distressed me a great deal was to find out that... Uh, Israel had worse gun control than New York City. I was stunned to find it out. I knew they had some. I just didn't know to what degree. Uh, most of my most of my efforts and everything are actually spent on what goes on over here. And uh, the anti-Semitism that erupted over this, not only in Gaza but in Europe and right here in the United States, uh, this you know, we're we're seeing this in places like the nation's universities and. We're seeing actual violent attacks aimed at Jewish places of worship. But here in the United States, one thing that our Jewish friends and neighbors and fellow citizens have something going for that most of the Jews in the rest of the world don't have, including Israel, is the Second Amendment. And many are beginning to take advantage of that right. And we get this. Under the keen eye of a trained instructor who was also Jewish, David was surprised at how comfortable he was handling a gun. 
As someone who grew up in a community in which owning guns was unthinkable, he was surprised at how many of his friends also owned guns. Growing up, the mere thought of owning a gun or handling a gun was taboo. However, once I started having conversations with people after Tree of Life, I found the reality is everybody might be somebody who would buy a gun. It just depends on what it takes to get one. Still, he and his wife shelved the idea five years ago, and then October 7th happened, and everything else that went with it in the following days and weeks, like the brazen anti-Semitic graffiti splattered on the front wall of Alder Rice High School and the th throughout the Somerset neighborhood, as well as the tire slashings, the defacing and burning of lawn signs that support Israel, and the woman who used a hammer to hit the window of Marvista Design with, where a sign read, We Stand with Israel. And that is one of the primary reasons the Second Amendment exists. To codify, inform, and ensure, not to grant, by the way, that our right to defense of ourselves and our communities is not infringed upon by the government. And I think it is splendid that more people are coming to see how important that is, but it, it took a horrible event for this to bring them to this... Uh, to this moment, this outright hatred they have to face. I mean, but that seems to be how it's happening. And once again, in response to Jews like David, who never once considered handling a gun in their entire lives, have been signing up for gun safety classes, either in groups or in one-on-one -on -one sessions at local ranges across the city and the region and buying them, as are many other Americans. According to the FBI, more background checks on gun sales were run this October than last October. The National Shooting Sports Foundation reports over 1.3 million gun tricks, a 8.3 increase over the same period in 2022. In fact, for the past, uh, I think for the past 50 months or so, we have had more than 1 million background checks per month for the past 50 months. This is the kind of thing that animates the young people that are currently in the IDF that are over there fighting this thing now. This was an attitude that was spawned after the Holocaust. And it was a justified attitude. There's no reason or expectation that our Jewish friends and neighbors or any American at all Black, white, plaid, male, female. None of us should meekly submit to this kind of aggression, to this kind of savagery, or to this kind of unreasoning hatred. We should not have to put up with it. And, uh, you know, we don't have to put up with it. And it's too bad that it took these events to open people's eyes, but it's good that their eyes are open. Self-defense including the defense of your community, is not only a right, but, I mean, if you're going to live in it, aren't you sort of obligated to do it? And you can't ever give in to this kind of an attack, this kind of savagery. And they only understand that. That's the only thing terrorists understand. Terrorists do not understand negotiation, diplomacy, or reasoning. They only understand force. And it, only, it is only weapons that make that defense effective against all attackers. It is only a firearm in the hands of a trained and experienced shooter who could even the odds between a 110-pound woman and a 200-pound male attacker or between an 80-year-old man and an aggressive 18-year-old criminal. I mean, Sam Colt said it. 
God created men. Sam Colt made them equal. Having a gun means that you do have to actually, it's not just owning it, that you, you have to have a little bit of resolve with it. And you have to get out there and be ready to go. And you have to have in your mind's eye what you're going to do. Jeff Cooper once said, fight back whenever you are offered violence, fight back. The aggressor does not fear the law. So he must be taught to fear you. And whatever the risk at whatever the cost, fight back. Because whatever the cost is going to be, if you do not, you're going to die. You might die if you fight back, but you might win. You, your only choice, your only chance is to fight back. Fighting back is the only proper reply to this kind of savagery. And it's good to see more people understanding this. And it's good to see more people taking advantage of their rights. And it's their right to protect themselves against aggression is enshrined in our Constitution. And uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to think about. Of course, you know, when you look at the uh, Declaration of Independence, where we're all created equal, we should all have these equal rights, right? Not just the leftists that want to take them away from you. So we're not subjects here in the United States. They want to make us subjects, no doubt about it. And uh, But, you know, the difference between uh, being open and defenseless and being able to fight back is weapons. All of you that are out there, well, Bill, why can't you go ahead and just, uh, why can't we say, I don't know, maybe we could do MMA on them or something. Well, we could. Except that's your, your MMA window is actually a very small Polaroid in your life. Sorry. So, uh, and we're going to talk more about that whole self-evident truth, but this is the thing that you got to remember. In the end, there's a, the, everything that you have right now today, everything that you're looking at right now, your car, the leather in the car, the, the all the appointments and everything in a in a all out fight, which is what Israel is facing right now, and what a lot of people face in a lot of places. Uh, all those things don't matter unless you're able to, you know, keep your life going. Those are all just trappings of of your affluence, and what makes it all worth having is living. So. Let's look at the text line. I, I saw somebody. <laughs> Here we are. And I, oh, it's you. You know, they shouldn't even leave, let you be at home broadcasting alone. I know you made your best decision. That's your age. And just maybe you got lucky so far. We need all the people we can out there preaching and spreading truth. If you go to the respiratory shop, they CPR or maestro is not going to be there at your house. I'm not trying to scare you, but people of their crew are of their croaking on air these days, just something to th think about. Or maybe you've just seen that gold, I mean, on stamp of approval from Trump, so that was good enough, I guess. The man knows the whole country and the whole world a damn apology because he got blood on his hands, Trump. If he ever did get assassinated, he deserved it just for that. This, of course, is our cowardly leaf blower who's out there right now, and he's too busy to call us and can't make his argument. He can get out there and text forever. And I'm telling you, dude, your voice to text makes you sound illiterate. Makes you sound illiterate. <laughs> Just cracks me up. Hey, coming up next. 
We're going to be joined by, uh, from the Second Amendment Foundation, we're going to be joined by investigative reporter Lee Williams. So that's coming up next. We'll be right back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Hotline, excuse me, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307, streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Joining me now from the Second Amendment Foundation, the lone investigative reporter, is Lee Williams. Good after, good morning, sir. I, I never get good the morning. salutation. Good morning. How are you? Yeah. Are we talking about Florida Taurus Man today? Oh, we are talking about completely fall out of your chair. Oh, my God, what's going on news? Okay. And it uh, involves the NRA in a 2018 lawsuit they filed against New York State. Right. Because the, the state regulators there, uh, at the orders of then-Governor Cuomo, were told to blacklist NRA with all uh, banks and insurance folks in the state to use and they used backroom threats to get these financial institutions to stop doing business with NRA. Uh, all these regulated firms, I mean, they basically live at the state's uh, insistence. They have to do what they have to do to keep them happy, or, or quite frankly, the state regulatory agencies can put them out of business. And which is, you know, they got shareholders; they got to do what they got to do. Well, NRA sued in 2018, and the case has progressed. And now, after years of fighting to kill the case, the Supreme Court has decided to hear it. And then last week, and this is the fall out of your chair part, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, said that they will not be there with NRA, supporting them, because this is a First Amendment case. The government agencies, the regulators in New York, are using their authority to, to curtail the First Amendment of the NRA. Basically, to, they're using intimidation tactics to silence those with whom the officials disagree. I found out about this on Twitter, or X, or whatever the hell it's called, because the ACLU sent out a series of tweets, one after the other, after the other, after the other, that were basically disclaimers about why we're going to why they're going to help NRA, even though they don't believe in the goals or the mission or anything like that that NRA has. Why, I don't know. It's a pretty innocuous, great organization of which millions of law-abiding Americans are members. But it actually blew me away. I mean, one of the uh, attorneys at NRA said the ACLU is a leading voice on legal and constitutional issues and is a welcome addition to this advocacy. Um, I think it, I think it's strong. I, I think the I think New York is going to get spanked. I just wish former Governor Cuomo could get spanked criminally for what he did because 
using this type of authority, Bill, is is that borders on criminal just because he opposed the organization's political views. So is the ACLU as a national organization joining them, or are they joining them as as the state chapter joining them? No, this is the national ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, not the New York chapter, not any other chapter. And NRA is welcoming it. They, uh, President Cotton said they're proud to stand with ACLU, others who recognize this important truth. Regu- and this is the whole crux of the case. Regulatory authority cannot be used to silence political speech. And that's exactly what they're doing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I often am, but hasn't the ACLU come out as sort of pro-gun control from time to time? Yeah, but it's rare. It's extremely rare, and it has to be pretty blatant. I mean, the reason they're not hopping on all of these Bruin tantrum laws, I did a story not too long ago, they they, uh, have yet to fully accept the Supreme Court's decision on Bruin uh, because they're studying it, Bill. The ACLU, it goes better than the nine Supreme Court justices. So they're studying their Bruin decision, and they're going to they're going to come to some terms with it at a future date. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I discovered something the other day, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Okay, so I, I was looking at all the times the Supreme Court they've you know they've only brought the Second Amendment to the Supreme Court six times. In, in, in and of itself, it has also popped up as various things in other big cases, but never in this, only in the standalone six times. One of those times was, was the Miller case, which was the one challenge to the NFA, right? Now, this is happening in the 30s. Now, do you remember the key thing that came out of the Miller case? Uh, it escapes me at the moment, brother. You're going to have to refresh my memory. So he had a shotgun that was shorter than 18 inches. The barrel was lo- shorter than 18 inches. And the Supreme Court at the time ruled that the NFA would still remain in place because there was no analog for military weapons being shorter than 18 inches. Oh. Now that means, according to the Supreme Court out of the Miller case, that the, the Supreme Court said that military weapons are protected by the Second Amendment. Which is sort of contradictory, given that they put automatic weapons on there with it, but you know, it's all beside the point. But uh, I, I, I've looked at all of this other guns, like, uh, I, I've always wondered why the Hughes Amendment came along. Why? Besides the fact that they were looking further down the road, but I mean that was 1986. That was nearly 40 years ago, and uh, you can only own an automatic weapon today in the United States if it was made before that arbitrary time in 1986. Do you think all of this stuff that they do right now is to keep you guys from going out there and doing anything positive for the Second Amendment? Saying, "Look at the Miller case, and look at this case, and all these other things," and uh, really, really re- rejuvenating and re- refitting the whole Second Amendment argument. Well, I will tell I will tell you this. I hate NFA. It is a joke. Okay, um, there are 186,000 firearms available in this fake uh, marketplace, and it, the, the prices are incredible because it's not a real market. The market can't decide. It's a contrived fake market. Because there's, there's. Uh, imagine if there, what the prices on homes would be in this country if there were only 186,000 homes available to be owned legally by the public. I mean, millions, billions of dollars. 
So the whole concept of NFA, I think, is right for the plucky. And, yeah, we are busy right now on Bruin and fighting these post-Bruin tantrum laws. But at some point, we have to look at NFA because it doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. Um, Look at those firearms again, those 186,000. You don't need all the fingers on both hands count the number of NFA weapons that have ever been used in a crime. No. Because guys that have an MP5, uh, a fully automatic uh, M16, a Stan, a Sterling, an Owen, a Swedish K, you know, those guns are worth thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. And they're going to keep them very secure. Right. I think the the only time I know of a fully automatic weapon being used in a crime was a cop doing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, these guys, these are these are heirloom possessions. You buy a fifty thousand dollars submachine gun. uh, That's something you pass on to your son or daughter. Well, as it is with all things, Mr. Williams, as we we, we once again, we have run out of time because it's just so Ah. quick, so fast when you discuss when you're slinging truth right that like this, there's just not enough time. Find Lee at the gunwriter.substack.com at armedamericannews.com and find him at saf.org. He is the lone Second Amendment investigative reporter there. Thank you for joining me this morning. My pleasure as always, sir. Take care. Yes, sir. When we get back, uh, the ruling class is not something we're meant to have. We're not meant to have that in the United States. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know, nobody in the United States today was born with a divine right to rule you. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. And I am streaming live from the WORD Facebook page. The uh, There's a lot of people that look at your labor and... Uh, well, they'll, they'll, they'll look at that and they'll make promises to you. I'll protect you. I'll keep you safe and secure. I'll make you happy. Just do exactly what I say. That's a Faustian bargain. And it has led generations of once free people to discover only years later that they were actually chained up. And there's no human form of government that does not become corrupt over time. None. And as soon as any political system is erected to govern a population, the Clark stock, the, the stopwatch hits it right then, ticking down towards its demise. And the principal reason this is true is that humans are naturally sinful. We have not evolved beyond that. It's a burden common to us all. And therefore, any human created system will tend to reflect that sinful nature as they head toward their own destruction. And even governments founded on the noblest of principles and respect for civic virtues like the truth that we are endowed with certain unalienable rights that no legitimate government may infringe will come to undermine those foundations 
as corrupt individuals acquire ever more influence over a government and its power. You see, the least virtuous people are the most attracted to power. And the longer that any political system persists, the more corrupt it is going to become. So, in order for people to reclaim their God-given rights to life and liberty, they have to eventually accept the responsibility for self-government again. <laughs> that, that's, that's easier said than done. This is what Jefferson meant when he wrote, The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. When is government so corrupt as to render it illegitimate? Well, there's a few things you can check out, like the unconstitutional assertion of authority, widespread criminality, currency debasement, coercive intimidation, selective prosecution, failure to protect its own borders, and rampant censorship. Pick any of those, you know. Any of those would be evidence. Now, the U.S. Constitution explicitly organizes a federal government consisting of a few hundred citizens representing the American people in three small co-equal branches of government. And it requires every single one of them to uphold the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights. It requires Congress to declare war. It makes no mention of a vast administrative state or a collection of clandestine intelligence agencies allowed to circumvent the Fourth Amendment prohibition against warrantless searches. Or an alliance with private companies to engage in mass surveillance and censorship. Makes no mention of an unaccountable bureaucracy empowered to write legally enforceable rules and regulations on its own. Of a private central bank empowered to manipulate the value of money. Makes no mention of private corporations acting as gatekeepers to public office by posing as political parties. And yet today we have tens of millions of federal employees who carry out their own agendas and they don't re represent you. Presidents, members of Congress, and even Supreme Court justices routinely ignore the plain meaning of the constitutional text in order to insert their own self-serving interpretation. And since World War II, we've been in an endless state of war from one region of the world to the next without any formal declaration or any electoral mechanism through which we may object. DOJ selectively prosecutes Americans as evidenced by their alliance with Antifa-like groups promoting Marxist revolution. You know, there's little doubt that Jefferson would have found any one of these realities an unacceptable imposition of tyranny. And he would look at this and the combined flourishing as demonstrable evidence that the tree of liberty has not been watered, that it's leafless, that it's dying. And there's also a telltale sign. The most shameful people now wield power while shamelessly shaming good Americans. The shame projectionists. Who among you behaves like Bill and Hillary Clinton? Oh, so uh, after Bill was caught having sexual relations with a White House intern barely old enough to legally drink, he was not burdened by shame. When multiple women accused him of sexual harassment or rape, he did not resign. His wife is so free of shame that she quickly slimed his accusers of trailer park trash, excused her husband's behavior, some vast right-wing conspiracy, and ran for office herself. 
Only shameless people blame others for their own depravities and double down on their new offenses. So, no, you guys don't act like this. <laughs> and yet, the ruling class in D.C. treats the Clintons like royalty. George Bush was so fond of them, he called Bill and Hillary brother and sister. Jim Comey, after, after, after he laid out a detailed criminal case against Hillary Clinton, asserted that no reasonable prosecutor would seek conviction. Well, because, you know, because she's, she's royalty. Shameless. So, when you're looking at this, stop trying to understand it, because there's, there's no way to understand it. There is no way. No way at all. When we get back, how are all of these universities lost? I don't know. We're going to look. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 